Our reading today is from John 20 on page 1089 in the Church Bibles. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand that from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Thank you very much for reading for us, Daniel. Um, Well, it's great to be gathered together, and we're going to stay, as Rachel said, stay as uh, all of us together, all ages. So I want to do a little bit of thinking about that extraordinary account that we've just read. Um, But I'll start in a slightly um, peculiar way, uh, with a little bit of spot the difference. Okay, so I've got four things, uh, and I'm hoping uh, that together we might be able to work out which the odd one out is. Okay, so here's the first. Uh, The first is the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. There you go, that's the first one. Second one uh, is the London fireworks, 2019. Okay, keep thinking. Uh, The third one is the knighthood of the cricketer, Alistair Cook. And the fourth is David Todd's 50th birthday. (laughs) Now... David Todd's the assistant minister here if you're a visitor. Um, Now, the the question is, not only which is the odd one out, but why? Yeah, so there they are. There are the four. Okay, so I'm prepared to take offers now. Um, Anyone tell me which the odd one out is? What do you reckon? Which is the... Oh, oh. 
David's son has, has an idea. What do you think? You think it's your dad's 50th birthday. Now, what does anyone think? I, that he's got inside info. I'm not going to ask him why. Uh, anyone? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Why do you think that one might be the old one out? Why do you think? Yep. Oh, you're going for a different one. Yeah, go on. Ah, yeah, interesting. All royal celebrations. David has been elevated. Excellent. Yeah, could be, could be. That's that was a very. I like I like the argument for that. Um, another idea there. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Okay. You catch that? Uh, the um, suggestion that it was the knighthood, because all the others are parties, but the knighthood isn't a party. Yeah, now that could, could be good. Good argument. Uh, any more suggestions? What, 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 what old one right at the back there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Someone going to pick David up afterwards. That would be lovely. Um, very good. Um, I, I, I'm still. So I haven't got the right answer yet. Still looking for the right answer. Um, Yvonne had a hand up. You're going, Yvonne. Ah, we've cracked it. We've cracked it. And I'm sure Jack probably knew that. Uh, the answer is that one of them is really, really the odd one out because it hasn't happened yet. Three of them are in the past, but much to everyone's surprise. <laughs> so, there we are. Um, see, some things are in the future and some things have already happened in the past. And that got me thinking a little bit uh, about uh, something in the, uh, the reading that we've just had. There's a funny phrase, a funny moment. I don't know whether you caught it as Daniel was reading it through. Uh, where Jesus says to Mary, the resurrected Jesus, says to Mary, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. It's a complicated little phrase. I take it that probably Mary had taken hold of Jesus. Maybe in her joy she'd hugged him. Or perhaps in the overwhelming moment she fell at his feet and took hold of his feet so overcome to see the man that had been crucified now stood resurrected before her. And Jesus says, do not hold on to me. And it seems that the reason is something to do with the future, something to do with things that are still going to happen, something to do with the fact that Jesus hasn't yet ascended. And maybe it's something to do with 
when Jesus has ascended, it won't be by touching him and holding him that Mary and everybody else will relate to Jesus. That'll change in the future. Well, maybe, but certainly it says that the res- it tells us that the resurrection is all about stuff to come. It's all about stuff in the future, like David's 50th birthday is in the future. And that got me thinking about the way that things in the present connect to things in the future. They do, don't they? Uh, stuff that happens now can have a really strong connection with stuff that is going to happen then. Um, so imagine that um, this rope uh, could do something very special for us. So imagine that this rope could help us to see the way that stuff now connects to stuff in the future. That would be handy, wouldn't it? Well, let's give it a go. Um, let's start with something simple, like maybe you get home from church and you smell the most lovely smell. That's what's happening in the present this lovely, lovely smell. Well, what could that lovely smell when you walk in through the door be connected with? Well, let's find out. I'll pull through the rope and we'll see what it's connected to. Ah, look, there it is. It's connected to a most excellent Sunday lunch. Your lovely Easter Sunday lunch. That's going to come in the future, just in a little while. And you have to wait for it. So you get the idea. Something in the present connected with something in the future. Um, maybe then you go out in the garden and uh, maybe in your garden you've got some little plant shoots just popping through the soil and you can see those and you think, well, I wonder what that's connected to. Um, well, it's something in the present. You've got those plant shoots in the ground but what's it connected to in the future? Well, we'll find out. Uh, whoa! I knew that was going to happen at some point. It's connected to, ah, your beautiful dahlia. Look at that, it's a dahlia shoot. So there we are. The shoots that have come through the ground are connected to a plant, a lovely plant that's going to grow, and in the future, you'll have a beautiful, beautiful flower. Something in the present connected with something in the future. Well, let's keep going. What about, suppose you've got a very, very lovely rich uncle, and he gets you a ticket Something to do with your summer holiday, maybe. Well, you've got this ticket in the present. There's your ticket. But what's it connected to? Well, let's find out. It's connected to... Oh, look at that. Wow. Look at that. You've got a very lovely rich uncle who's given you a fantastic holiday on a cruise ship. So in the present, you've got the ticket... But in the future, you'll have the holiday itself on the cruise liner. See, things in the present connected with things in the future still to come. Well, I I was really on a roll now, so I thought, what about a referendum? (laughs) So so you you have a referendum in the present. So, what do you think? Okay, well, maybe it doesn't always work. <laughs> anyway, you get the basic idea. We'll, we'll overlook that one. Let's take that one down. That clearly, 
clearly needs to get, get forgotten. Um, but you get the basic idea. The basic idea is that stuff in the present connects with stuff in the future. Something happens now, and it leads to, it's sure going to bring about something in the future. Well, what if we attach the resurrection of Jesus to the present? Because it has happened. Jesus is risen from the dead. But that account and what Jesus was saying to Mary suggests very strongly that what Jesus has done in coming back to life again is connected with something in the future. So let's find out. Ah, well, look at that. You see, the resurrection of Jesus is connected to nothing less than a whole new creation, a new heavens and a new earth, a completely remade world. That's what that opening verse that we began the service with was all about. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And Paul is pointing to the fact that Jesus' resurrection is like the very beginning, the first sort of taster of something that is going to explode into reality, a new creation. New heavens and new earth. It's a bit like when you have a harvest and you take the first fruits from the tree, the first fruit to be ripe, and it's only one or two bits of fruit maybe, but it tells you that there is all this fruit to come, that there's this magnificent harvest on its way. Well, that's what this verse is saying. Jesus is the first part, the first bit the first fruit of this glorious new creation that God is bringing into being, a new heavens, a new earth. See, in other words, there is a world now. uh, And the world now that we have is a world where things get old and people get old. They have 50th birthdays. That's the way it goes in this world. Things wear out. People wear out. And in this world, the now world, people do wrong things. Like the wrong things that have been done in Sri Lanka this very morning. And because the people do wrong things, and that includes us, we do wrong things. Because of that, people get hurt. That's our world. That's this now world. But there is a new creation. There's a new world to come. A new heavens and a new earth. And in that, the then world, it's all different. No one gets old. Nothing ever wears out. No one does anything wrong. And nobody ever gets hurt. That's how good this new heavens and new earth is. That's how good the new creation is. And the wonderful good news of Easter Sunday 
is that we have a way of being a part of this new world, this new creation that God has in store for us in the future. Jesus connects us with that promised new creation. He connects us in two ways. Uh, and Revelation tells us about how good it's going to be. No more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It's gone. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. And Jesus connects us with that new world. He connects us because of this. He connects us because the resurrection uh, links us to the new heavens and the new earth. What he has done already, everything about Easter, dying and rising again and ascending to glory, everything about Easter points us to the sure certainty of the new creation. And it also connects us. Because anyone who believes, anyone who believes in all that Jesus has done now, that's how you get to be a part of the new creation that lies ahead then. By believing not that you're good enough for it, not that you can earn it, not that somehow you, you're, you're fit in it. No, no, believing that Jesus has done everything that is needed for you to be a part of it. In the reading, now I'm going to really test your memory now. In the reading earlier on, does any of the children remember Mary got asked a question and it was the same question she got asked twice. Anyone remember what question it was that Mary got asked twice? Can you remember? Who are you looking for? No, she did get asked that but I don't think she got asked it twice. There's a question she got asked twice. Yeah, what do you think? That's right. The question she got, she did, look, she did get asked, who are you looking for? But there was a question she got asked twice, and it was this question. Why are you crying? Why are you crying, Mary? Do we begin to see why Mary got asked that question? Because Jesus was risen from the dead. Jesus was setting in place a whole new creation, new heavens and a new earth. And when you understand that, when you really understand that, doesn't mean that bad things don't happen in the here and now, doesn't mean that hard things don't happen, but when you've got it, once Mary had really understood all that Jesus had done and all that it meant, uh, there was a reason to stop crying. There was a reason not to cry, but instead to shout for joy. What a morning that was. Uh, what a morning of resurrection with all of the promise of what lay ahead. You and I believe in it, then you and I share in it. That's Christ's great promise to us uh, this special morning. Let me pray and we're going to sing of that great Easter morning. Uh, Father God, what...
glorious things you have done in sending Jesus into our broken world where people grow old, where things wear out, where there is hurt and pain. Uh, You have broken into that world in Jesus. Uh, And through the great work of the cross and resurrection of Jesus, you've opened up uh, the promise of a new creation where people don't grow old, where people don't wear out, and where no one does anything wrong and no one gets hurt. Uh, How we praise you. Uh, That not only have you done that, but you've made it possible. If we believe in Jesus, trust him, live for him, uh, to share in that new creation forever. Uh, What a morning it was when Jesus was raised from the dead. We praise and thank you in his name. Amen.